As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just the trio of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's top with cheese. It's Philadelphia. Bo Sheel and Zach kicking it cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo Sheel and Zach coming at you with steps and Things flapping their wings on. All I know is that that he has a game where Shield don't read both 7,000. <laughs> and I said, I'm in. Let's go. Let's do and, it. And so the yeah, purpose that's of. That's really what I needed was not to get at least one more reader. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Birds with Friends on a very newsy Thursday evening. Bo Wolf here, Shield Kapadia, Zach Berman. Marissa Morris, those of you watching live on YouTube, as we prepare to talk about the Eagles hiring of Nico Siragusa as their official head coach. But before we get to that, I got to tell you, this is going to be a very interesting show. We've got a lot to talk about. I can't promise that this is going to be the best podcast you listen to. I can't promise this is going to be a good podcast. But what I can promise is that this podcast, more than any other podcast, we are going to rip out the hearts of other podcasts. We are going to bite off their eyeballs. We are going to start every segment with watching the scene from The Last of the Mohicans where the guy takes a bite out of the other guy's heart. We're going to do all that good stuff. We are going to use ice picks to stab opposing podcasts. We may not be good, but we're going to be nasty. We're going to reflect the blue-collar nature of this city, goddammit. Sheil, how are you? Okay, well, I wasn't sure where you were going with that. I guess it's a reminder that things could always be worse for the uh, for the Eagles fan base, and, and that was a highlight today. Uh, it's a big show. You got a new head coach for the Philadelphia Eagles, and my sense is, we'll see if I'm right about this, is that our discussion, and we haven't planned anything as usual. We will just be, you know, off the cuff here. My sense is we will be talking more about the players, not the players, the the main characters in the Eagles organization, maybe as much as Nick Sirianni, the new head coach. 
Thank you for stating. Yeah, thank you for stating his name because I I think it speaks to our podcast that we we did not mention his name to start the show. We mentioned uh, a a different name that is not Nick Sirianni, and then we gave a veiled reference to to Dan Campbell without explaining what was going on. So this is a. Do you think there are people watching this this (laughs) podcast live who don't know the name of the guy the Eagles hired? I imagine they know this, the name. Yeah, that, this is the whole thing with him. I mean, this guy could have been People walking. People want to know more about him, yeah. Nick yeah. Sirianni could have been walking the streets of Philadelphia. Uh, he could be doing it right now. He certainly could have been doing it yesterday, and the guy would not have been stopped once as a head coach. And I think that you know that is an interesting part about this as we wrote our piece for The Athletic is that there are guys I had strong feelings about. We talked about Josh McDaniels earlier this week. People were telling me I, I was kind of going in, in on him quite a bit. I think if he were the higher, I probably would have come on with an impassioned speech. This one's, you know, let's be honest. This one is a much more difficult guy as a candidate to get a handle on because I didn't know a ton about him. I knew the basics about him. You you do some research today. You try to figure some things out. And so there's a lot to get to with this hire just in terms of, who in the heck is this guy who's going to be the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles? So to Shields' point, as an anecdote uh, for him walking down the street and then people not knowing who he was, when the news first broke and we put a quick thing up on The Athletic and uh, Bo, Zach Kiefer, the outstanding Colts writer, him and Stephen Holter uh, both do a great job. But uh, uh, Bo, Zach Kiefer, Absolutely. And, and, and I also contributed to uh, something that was quick on the website – and they put Box up the lights. picture from the wire, uh, and the show. No, no, from the photo wire, and it, it went live on the site. And the picture was not Nick Sirianni, uh, yeah. and the only one who, who probably realized that was uh, the Colts writer Zach Kiefer, who uh, who's who's covered him for the past three years. But my point is, well, I saw is, another. Is this is not another... like a photo that's a household name, you know? Right. Well, I think another competing website made the same mistake. I I, I believe that it's a mistake. On yeah, the it was misidentified in the, the caption. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying, but like, still, if it, very funny. Yeah. If if it was Urban Meyer, you know, you would know, right. like, that's mm. that 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 caption's wrong. You know, uh, looks that's... a little bit like Novak Djokovic. I saw somebody say in my uh, mentions, which I agree with. I I've seen a lot of people saying he looks like a. Uh, uh, I think a mix between Doug Peterson and Aaron Rodgers was what was said on my uh, hmm. friend friend text thread. Those are Flex. those are are, are are two uh, polars in terms of quarterbacks, right? You have Doug Peterson yeah. and Aaron Rodgers. If you're talking about, there's Packers definitely a little history. Aaron Rodgers. He he could be a brother of Aaron Rodgers. I think. Yeah, for sure. I could see that. He's a uh, he's a sleep in the office guy. Oh God! Oh, yes, let's get let's start at the top. Let, let's where do we start? I think well, we, I, we I think should go to the newsman for just like should we a, do a little bio um, on him. Six, 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 yeah, six. I was actually. Bio. Well, it's okay. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Do the, do, <laughs> give the bio. <laughs> okay. Well, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna talk about the like non Sirianni Rooney Rule stuff maybe first to get that out of the way. And then we can actually dive into. No, I don't Sirianni. think we say who he is first, know, right? Like he deserves, yeah, he, he deserves that at least. Introduce him. Yeah, uh, his name is Nick. Sir- oh, are we doing the music, or should I, I bump right into it? It's Nico. Sir- yeah, we gotta do the music. It's a big deal. <laughs> so the Eagles have agreed to hire Nick Sirianni as their next head coach to replace Doug Peterson. This is not official. The team has not announced it yet, but 
uh, through through sources, we have been able to confirm that 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 this will occur. Nick Sirianni, who has been the offensive coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts the past three seasons under Frank Reich, the former Eagles offensive coordinator, similar to Reich in Philadelphia, Sirianni did not call the plays with the Colts. Uh, he had very similar role to what Reich had where he was uh, very involved in the game planning. He was involved in the quarterback development and working with the quarterbacks. Uh, so he was he was uh, Reich's right-hand man. Reich hired him specifically. They worked together with the San Diego Chargers. That's where Sirianni was before he went to Indianapolis. He was the wide receivers coach at one point. He was the quarterbacks coach at one point. Worked under two different head coaches there with the Chargers, Mike McCoy and Anthony Lynn. Before that, he was in Kansas City where he was he had a handful of, of, of different jobs. Offensive quality control, assistant quarterbacks coach, uh, wide receivers coach. He, he worked for Todd Haley, and then he was retained when Romeo Cornell became the coach. That's the, the extent of his NFL experience. I believe he came into the NFL in 2009. Before that, he worked at Indiana, at Indiana University of Pennsylvania. And at Mount Union, which is his, his alma mater, played Coach at, Flynn's exactly. alma mater as well. This is this is the first, I believe, this is the first coach in Eagles history they have hired as head coach whose brother was Coach Flynn's position coach in college. Oh, Probably so. double check yes, that. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. double check. So played at, at uh, played at, at Mount Union, won a national title there. It's from a family of coaches. It's the family business. His uh, his father was a high school coach. His brother is a head coach in college right now. So uh, that's that's your Sirianni in a nutshell. Was that 60 seconds or did I go longer? I think that was pretty was good. good. Do okay. you think that was the Eagles' criteria, find me a coach whose dad was a high school football coach? No, I think their criteria was uh, was find me a coach who Frank Reich recommends. But mm, <laughs> a very good – actually, be. a better – I believe a better lens uh, was brought to my attention by uh, daughter of listener Kate who said the Eagles have been focused – exclusively under Jeffrey Lurie, on hiring coaches with four letters in their first name. Andy, Chip, Doug. It was between Nick and Josh. What are we doing? This is, we should have known this. So the names that they is go that by. Keen eyes. Correct. Yes. Yeah, because otherwise yeah. you could go Douglas. What, what, what was yeah, Chip? Nobody, Charles. Charles. Yeah, he's yeah. Charles. And then Andy's yeah, obviously Andrew uh, because his, 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 his wife, I believe, still calls him Andrew. Correct. Listen, people are crushing course, my that, uh, uh, my room here, and um, <laughs> you know I understand it. We went over this. I'm having issues with my virtual people background. People telling on themselves for not having watched the last one. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll spruce it up uh, a little bit at some point, but uh, this is how I'm living right now. So leave me alone. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna just say my piece on okay. uh, on the Rooney Rule thing because this is a merited conversation. Yeah. There is no way that you can make the case that Nick Sirianni is the most qualified candidate, right? Um, and this is not to say that he doesn't deserve the job himself, um, that he hasn't worked his way up to get this opportunity, or that the Eagles shouldn't have hired him, or that he's going to be a bad hire. But it it is, you know, my first reaction when they hire him is that it's just hard to... Um, it's hard not to look at the how how much the system is rigged because Nick Sirianni is an offensive coordinator for an offensive head coach. He's been a coordinator for three years, and his offense they've never. It's not like this is some uh, great scheme you want to get a piece of or some high performing team that you want to get a, a piece of. 
This, you know, they've never finished higher than 10th in DVOA, never higher than, I think, 16th in passing DVOA. Um, so, okay, that's that's not why you're hiring him. He's not a, like a quarterback whisperer. He was a quarterback's coach, as you said, for two years, but his real his his expertise is wide receivers. Even when he was the quarterback's coach, he went back to being a wide receivers coach before he became an offensive coordinator. And the barrier to entry for uh, you know, for white coaches is so much lower than it is for black coaches. There's no denying that. Um, Jeffrey Lurie is one of the most, if not the most, progressive owner in the league. And yet, uh, and this is not this is not a knock on Jeffrey Lurie. It's just it, it's the state of things league wide that if you have one of the most progressive owners, um, and again that's a low bar in the league, and they're hiring Nick Sirianni. He hasn't hired a black head coach or had a full time co- black coordinator in twenty years. Um, even the guys they interviewed, Todd Bowles, Gerard Mayo. Um, I think both of us, I think all three of us would have, and Deuce Staley, but well, I I was going to say all three of us would have been very surprised if they would have hired a defensive head coach, right? So those guys, in my mind, were always fighting uphill. And, you know, if Nick Sirianni was not white, I don't think he would be getting this job. Um, I I think that's, I think it's pretty safe to say that. I don't think he would be getting this opportunity. Um, And I, like, I want to be able to move on and talk just about Sirianni, but that is my, that is my number one reaction when it happens because uh you know byron leftwich or eric Bieniemy, these guys who are like not getting interviewed maybe there's other things to it it's not it's not a a micro decision it's not about this singular decision but uh we're gonna have seven head coaching changes this offseason and it's possible that one of them will be a black head coach if eric Bieniemy gets the texans job uh in a league that is you know 70 percent black the players and I don't know. It's just that that is my initial reaction. That's it, it's just it's hard not to think about how how different the um, uh, the parameters are for who gets hired. And I don't think it's and I don't think it's like Jeffrey Lurie should have hired a minority head coach or anything like that or should have cast the net wider. It's just that if even Jeffrey Lurie can't like recognize his own biases, uh, you know, what chance what chance do other guys have? What chance do other owners have for, for making hires like this? Well, it's an obvious league-wide problem. I mean, nothing you said is is really yeah. This is not new. Uh, right. th- you know, this has been well documented, <laughs> well reported, and I, I actually don't think you should be taking Jeffrey Lurie uh, off the hook as yeah, much as maybe okay. you you were there. Yeah. I mean, this is not if if we're looking at one individual uh, decision, then absolutely. I mean. We don't know who the uh, best candidate is going to be. We get this wrong all the time. I think, you know, at least on this show, we admit that. We have limited information. However, when you look at the track record, which Zach has done a a great job of pointing out uh, often, I mean, we are going on 25 years now, right, without a Mm -hmm. black head coach, black offensive coordinator, black defensive coordinator, black general manager. Mm-hmm. Yes, full time. Yeah. Yes, right. Yeah, because Bowles right. was an intern in the organization. I mean, that's twenty five years. And so when you, uh, in your press conference before your hire, say we're taking this very seriously. You know, Deuce Staley is going to be a candidate. Uh, I hired Ray Rhodes in nineteen ninety five, and I'm very proud of that. I mean, you you do have to take some heat. Uh, Now we'll see what they do with the staff. But I was even thinking, you know, this is an organization that also has input the owner and the GM on the staff, right? We've talked Mm -hmm. about that with Doug Peterson. So like, 
they've been giving recommendations to the head coach about who to hire for the last five years. And I know that, you know, Jim Schwartz obviously had one position filled, but in terms of quarterbacks coach or offensive coordinator or senior offensive assistant, those also were all white guys. So, uh, yeah, it's a huge issue league-wide. We shouldn't stop talking about it because it continues to be an issue no matter what steps are taken, uh, no matter how much it's brought to the surface. Um, and, and there are people on our side at The Athletic and nationally doing great uh, re- reporting on it as well. Yeah, I, I, th- I think you guys both touched on it well. And, and I, I would just raise something here that uh, the the – the thing that I think the Eagles are especially guilty of is not exhaust is 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 not talking to all the qualified candidates. And, and what I mean by that is, uh, in in my opinion, the appeal of Sirianni for them was the offensive background, the idea that he could help work with Carson Wentz. Well, there are two coaches coaching this. Well, well all all four offensive coordinators coaching this this weekend. Are, are worthy to be interviewed. Uh, Byron Leftwich, Eric Bieniemy, uh, Brian Dable, and 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 Nathaniel Hackett. Now, two of those guys um, call the plays, right? Uh, uh, Leftwich and and uh, Dable. I, Dable. I, yeah, I, I right. don't yeah, believe Bieniemy right. calls the plays, um, but Sirianni doesn't call the plays, so you can't say that ab- uh, about Bieniemy. Um, then the other part of this too is is there's no impetus for making this decision right now other than if 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 there's a potential staff member that that that, that you're afraid is 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 going to go elsewhere but it would behoove the eagles to talk to these offensive coaches after after the game this weekend right uh, two of them are going to be el- eliminated they had the opportunity to speak to some of these coaches al- already perhaps interviews were turned down um but i i don't think they were exhaustive in that part of the search and that's and I'm 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 very careful with how I, I, I phrase it because Byron Leftwich and Eric Bieniemy are qualified to be interviewed for coaches regardless of what the, of what color their skin is. If you just look at their credentials alone, they are more credentialed than Nick Sirianni, who has not called plays, who has who has not been on a, who's who's been an offensive coordinator for three years. His team's DVOAs, his offenses' uh, DVOAs have never been above ten. He's he's not like a, a former player. He doesn't have that Doug Peterson component of it. And his teams have have never advanced past the divisional round of the postseason. And that's not to say uh, Sirianni's not not worthy of this job because I don't think Sirianni's the problem here. And I I I would probably disagree with the suggestion that he that he doesn't get this job if he's not white because. I don't know that to be the case either, and I also don't want to be hypocritical. I'm I'm a I'm a white male speaking in an in an industry that needs to be more diverse, right? So so you know it, it's it's I, I I want to acknowledge that as 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 well. Uh, but my issue here is more with the process. I don't think they were as exhaustive interviewing qualified candidates that would fit that criteria. And two of them have to be coaching this 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 weekend who are black, and they should have absolutely been interviewed for this job. Uh, uh, viewer Owen says Byron called Zeberm short, and he still wants him to be interviewed. Zeberm always putting work first. <laughs> Got to Byron left out didn't do anything wrong. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> he yeah, definitely I, did something wrong. He, he, let's, he, not, he, let's not let's not sugarcoat if, it. If 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 he said that I'm short, then he's just very observant, right? That's that's a uh, that's <laughs> that's, that's a credit to him. That's a credit to him. So there's nothing wrong with that. 
But 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 yeah, that's 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 my opinion. And 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 it's not about Sirianni because Sirianni might right. very well be a great coach. He might have had a terrific vision when they interviewed him. Um, I've heard very positive things about it. So uh, it shouldn't be be like like cast as Sirianni's not worthy of the job. I just think and and she'll put it well that you have to look at the overall. You know that that this is this is twenty years now. Um, and Jeffrey Lurie, I agree. He, he, but, but there's a component of it, like, like do what I say, not what I do, right? Because it, he's, he's had a lot of hires right. during this period. Yeah. And as you know, as Shiel said, this stuff has all been said before. We're not saying anything new. But like, the way that we're talking about um, the enemy and left witch, like a poly, like you have to preface it with how successful they are. Like, oh, they, these guys are in the conference championship games. You should talk to them. Well. That's the whole thing. Like Nick Sirianni didn't have to get to a conference championship game to be in the conversation to be a head coach to get these interviews. You know, like the the the, um, the standard is just is just so much higher. I, I think, uh, yeah, yeah, and we'll, we'll continue, I'm sure, to talk about this throughout the conversation. The, the Sirianni thing is very interesting to me as I try to make sense of it. I mean, the one thing we can 100% dispel is that this team had a plan yes. when they fired yeah. Doug Peterson. Uh, 100%. You know, the, the plan was fire Doug Peterson <laughs> and then figure it out afterwards. You know, there was no grand reveal that this uh, this candidate comes in at um, whatever, the 25th well, hour. Least- we can at least say they they didn't have anything secured. Like it's yeah, possible it's their plan, plan was we're going to go get Lincoln Riley well, and then we can't well, get him. Like yeah, that's a dumb well, that's, idea. That's not the plan because if, I mean, yeah, right, of you course. should you should know what your odds are of getting Lincoln Riley before the fact. But I mean, I was always a proponent of interviewing a lot of people mm-hmm. and the candidates that they looked at. I don't see any of them that I say. This guy would have definitely been a better hire than right. Nick Sirianni. And so we will see. I mean, it seems to me that uh, Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman uh, certainly have a type. There's no doubt yep. about it. I mean, look at who they've gone after. Well, here. Jeffrey I Lurie, guess, I would say. Yeah, Jeffrey Lurie in particular. Okay. Well, you, you, well, I think this is, I, I mean, I, I know this is a Jeffrey Lurie production, but man, if you were making an ideal candidate for Howie Roseman to kind of feel comfortable, oh, sure. uh, yeah. Nick Sirianni would certainly be, uh, be in that, uh, you know, near the top of the list. I think, I mean, the guy, that guy can't come in. Right. He's say, not wielding like yeah. personnel power. Like. He, he's not coming in saying, give me the draft. Where's the draft board? Move it over <laughs> to my office. I mean, he's not, oh, no, know, he'll be, He'll be making eye contact maybe during the draft like Doug was, yeah. but it's he a, might not even get to be in the room. Yeah, this this might be you know uh, up near the headline of this hire is that it is a candidate who the owner and the general manager should feel feel very comfortable in their roles, their input, their say in all things uh, football operations, whether it's personnel decisions, draft. Uh, even his his coaching staff, we'll see what they do there, but they can feel feel very comfortable um, operating the way they were operating with Doug Peterson with this hire with Josh McDaniels. That probably was not going to be the case. There was going to be friction right away. We all know it. Whether that was a reason they did not hire him, I don't know. We, we, I'm sure we'll do some more reporting and try to figure out what happened there if he was the top candidate. But I think that's near the top of sort of the big picture things with me with this hire is that the owner and the GM uh, are going to feel very comfortable with it. Do you want me to I think that's. In there? Do you, I, yeah, I no, mean, go ahead. Go ahead, Zach. 
Well, so uh, Jeffrey Lurie clearly has a type, and it's something that that he's he's mentioned in the past. Where and and it was, and that's why the answer to Shields' question in the Doug firing press conference was interesting because he's been on record saying that he likes quarterback developers, that he leans towards offense, things of that nature. So for him to say he has no predilection about side of the field and that uh, the, the top criteria is is leadership. Um, if you look at him hiring Andy Reid in 1999, if you look at him hiring Doug Peterson in 2016, even hiring Chip Kelly in 2013, that was more about like an offensive system. And um, but but I, I specifically look at, at at Reid and look at Doug Peterson and now Sirianni. What all three of those have in common is all three of them were hired in years when no one else interviewed them. Right? Um, all three of them were 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 hired without. Uh, full play calling responsibilities the year before. Um, now, Doug Peterson said that he called like the second half of games in Kansas City, but <laughs> Andy Reid was the play caller for all intents and purposes. Um, and Andy Reid in 1999 did not call plays, and Nick Sirianni here did not call plays. And, and, and so what, you, what you're gambling on is that you know how to identify um, these up-and-coming offensive minds. I think that's the way Jeffrey Lurie sees it. Uh, and and look, Andy Reid went on to be the winningest coach in franchise in franchise history. Uh, Doug Peterson won the only Super Bowl in franchise history. So he was he was right identifying them both times. But you're absolutely correct that he has a type, and Nick Sirianni like fits the profile that we could have predicted when this search started. Absolutely, even it, the guys they haven't hired over the years, right? Ben McAdoo is yep. sort of in that. It mm-hmm. would would have been the same. Reach. Jo- Josh McDaniels, would Adam Gase, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, they're, Gus Bradley, they're, though. <laughs> true, that's true. True. Good point. Yeah. So not not all of them. That's why I thought this cycle there could have been a curveball. Yeah. Because I didn't think they had kind of that home run, bright young offensive mind. And it, you know, if you're moving on to a plan B, then I thought maybe they would say, okay, well. This is a defensive coach. This is a CEO type, but they've got all the qualities we're looking for. And yeah, they keep taking swings trying to find the uh, offensive genius. And uh, it's not a you know it's it's not the worst way to go. I, I know that's not all they're looking at. Uh, we can get into some of Sirianni's background. To me, it almost feels like they were kind of hiring. A new Doug Peterson mm-hmm. with who might have a little bit more of an edge, I think, it, it seems like from everything uh, we're hearing and reading in the reports, a little bit more of an edge and maybe somebody who can put together a better staff. But I, I want to see what kind of staff he puts together because, uh, in my opinion, he's worked with a lot of coaches that you might not yeah. really want him to bring with him. I want him to cast a wide net. I want to see him bringing some coaches up from college and for, you know outside the box and guys maybe we've never heard of. Uh, I know experience may be important for certain positions, but if you're talking about the staff as a whole, man, I hope he's not just bringing in all the coaches he worked with in all these different previous stops. And and this is going to be a huge thing with him. I mean, like you said, he hasn't been a play caller. He's been an OC for three years. He's relatively young. He's never been a a head coach at any level. I I joked about in one of our previous episodes, all the new head coaches always do the thing where, oh man, no one tells you about all these things that come across your desk that are not football related. And this is, you know, he is a football guy through and through, it seems like. So I don't think that's going to be his favorite part of the job is doing, you know, those other things and being the face of the franchise. So um, that that's also part of my read on this is that they didn't really veer off a 
they didn't go for the opposite of Doug Peterson. You know, a lot of times you see them, all right, this was our last coach. We want to get someone who's totally different. It kind of seems like somebody which is who's what, sim- which similar is what to Peterson with a little edge. Represented, yes, right, yeah, and and it yeah. does sound like that was the who it was down to at the end. So it is interesting that they had go for more of the same or go for the polar opposite, yeah, and chose more of the same. To your point, uh, the the coaches he's worked for, as you said, not uh, the most impressive list. Not of guys. a murderer's row. Todd Haley <laughs> is who is who brought him into the league. Um, and then uh, just a bunch of other guys he's worked with. Mike McCoy, Ken Wisenhunt, Anthony Lynn, who I, he's not that bad, um, although you certainly don't want him um, you know, running uh, uh, game day decision-making. Uh, yeah. Romeo Cornell, Brian Dable for a year, Jim Bob Cooter, uh, John Pagano, Shane Steichen, Mike Nolan. Uh, none of these guys are, are super impressive at the higher level. There are some up-and-coming um, position coaches who he could pull from who I think have gotten some buzz. There's a little talk about the – uh, Colts D D backs coach as a possible mm-hmm. fit for the e- Eagles defensive coordinator spot. Um, and then there's a bunch of other, you know, uh, young position coaches. I would be more excited to see him be pulling from, you know, those guys who I've, who I've not heard of um, or, you know, don't know much about than to see him bringing in like, um, you know, Ken Wisenhunt as the offensive coordinator or something like that. Well, I, I do think that that there that there is value in having someone on the staff with head coaching experience. I I know for a fact that was valuable to Doug Peterson, Jim Schwartz. Like uh, you know uh, what Shield said is is correct. All coaches say uh, that all all these first time coaches say. Well, you know I I didn't realize this until I was in that seat. But but there were tangible things that Jim Schwartz recommended in 2016 based on his experience that Doug Peterson might not have uh, been prepared for. So, you know, if if that is someone like Anthony Lane as your offensive coordinator or, uh, uh, you know, if, if you're pulling from someone else, uh, a, a Todd Haley, who who has head coaching experience, I, I think that could be of value Ooh. to him. But I agree that with the rest of the— I hope it's not this, Haley. Yeah. I don't— I mean, yeah, I, 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 Anthony <laughs> Lynn as, like, assistant head coach, offensive coordinator. I yeah. think you could sell me on that. But, I think he But needs, the rest of the staff is important. And the, and the defensive coordinator hire is critical for him, I believe. Yes. Yeah, I, I think the two areas where he needs experience, one is— I even hesitate to say experience, but I think he needs someone who on defense who is like a Jim Schwartz where you can say, here are the keys— I'm not paying attention. I'm going on the tablet when the defense is out there. <laughs> yep. I'm talking to the quarterback, all these different types of things. And, you know, that doesn't But I don't think to... that has to be a new guy. I mean, right. an old guy. Yeah, that's right. what I yeah. mean. Yeah. yeah, if he has a new guy who he feels like this, you know, I, I'm comfortable. It's on me. This person's going to be able to handle it. That's totally fine. Uh, because, the you know, the defensive side of the ball is changing, too, with innovation and, and different philosophies. I mean, look at this uh, Bills-Chiefs game. Like, you have – two defensive coordinators and, and these are not shut down uh, defenses, but I actually, I would say three, uh, three of the four defensive coordinators coordinators in championship weekend are really big on like, if the opponent wants to run the ball and gashes us, gashes us a little bit, that's okay. We're going to play a little bit more too deep. Uh, you know, it's kind of, it's a philosophy you don't hear a lot of defensive coordinators have. Now, I don't know that that's going to permeate the league. I don't know that it's a big trend, but there are kind of subtle changes with how teams are, are playing with more too deep coverages and what they're prioritizing, uh, whether they're playing more sub packages when they don't need to, those types of things. So yeah, if you have an up and comer who you feel is good, but uh, I do think you have to be comfortable not like, needing to micromanage that. Like I, I would want that coach to be 
have very good like player relations too. You know, I, you don't need that guy clashing with your defensive players and you have to step in. So th- those are some of the qualities you need. And then I, yeah, I think some, someone on the offensive side of the ball, just maybe who has that, ex- you know, I, Maybe it doesn't have to be head coaching experience, but can kind of help you with those other things that you might not be expecting, that you might not want to uh, have consuming your time over and over again. And uh, yeah, even somebody like Anthony Lynn, you know, again, yeah, I would not want him making the uh, in-game decisions, deciding whether to go for it on fourth down. I mean, my thing with Anthony Lynn, my idea for the Chargers was to have for him to coach the team Monday to Saturday. (laughs) But during games, just like chill in the locker room, have some snacks. Like you don't need to just be a Jason a, Garrett clapping. On yeah, the if they yeah. need a speech or something at halftime, you can do that. But you just watch the game, relax. That's your day to enjoy it because you know they they would sometimes start out and be really good. But someone in that mold who he can trust, I I think is fine. And what I think is interesting about Sirianni is that like, you know. He's not Joe Brady where he's bringing some uh, interesting scheme to, like, transform the offense. Um, You know, he he hasn't called plays, but he also doesn't have this, like, defined Mm -hmm. offensive identity. He's not um, necessarily a quarterback whisperer, as I said. He's got, you know, two years experience coaching the position. So, like, you are really hiring this guy who you think is – by all like, the the good things we've heard about him are, like, he's – He's very passionate and he's a great teacher, right? So he cares about he cares about the little stuff. That's good. That's great. Um, but he's going to need um, a good staffing plan, and I would have to imagine that that was uh, part of what sold the Eagles. Is he has a, a, in their minds at least an extensive, impressive staffing plan, and, and I'm sure that there are um, some guys on the Eagles staff who might stick around. Maybe he maybe he does uh, find a way to keep Jeff Stoutland or something like that, but. Um, like yeah, this is not a guy who's who's coming in and single-handedly like changing the identity of the team. There's it's going to take a lot of uh, helping hands to to accomplish what he needs to accomplish. So I, I have a few questions here. Uh, I I know you're the host, but I I'm, I'm very please curious take guys. over. No, take Come over, on, no no no. First off, uh, do you uh, I guess do you disagree with the premise that this was about. Even if you say he's not a quarterback whisperer and he doesn't come in with with this known defined scheme, do you agree with the premise that this decision was made because they think he has a plan to fix Carson Wentz? I think that that is more the case with him than it was with McDaniels. I think it's hard to look at hiring, like going out to get Frank Reich's Mm -hmm. right-hand man and not think that it's related (laughs) To Gwent so weird. I mean, I Frank, mean, it's, it, they fired the guy who was Reich's mentor, and then they hire Reich's mentee. Like, <laughs> what are we doing? And Jeffrey Lurie in his press conference, right? What did he say? Well, when Frank left or something, yep, yep. Josh, Josh yeah. and you're hiring the guy who Frank yeah. then hired. Like, right. it, it is just the NFL is so weird with these different connections. I, I think it's much more likely now uh, that the plan is to keep Carson Wentz and see if it seemed like they did want a little bit of a, I don't know what the right word is to say it without uh, cursing a little bit of an a a kicker. Yeah. The, I don't know what, what's the professional accountable, someone who would hold him accountable. Yeah. Is that how you would say coaching? It? Yeah. Coach him hard. Yeah, yes. Coach him hard. But, but as you say, a. Bo, this is weird. This is, this is one thing we need to figure out and maybe you guys have an answer, but so, so he went from quarterbacks coach with the chargers in 2014 and 2015 and then they moved him back to wide mm-hmm. back to wide receivers coach. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
the next year, which is like that's strange to me. Yeah, I think they now wanted I, Shane Steichen in, in in that role. Who which now is, now you guys were critical, or 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 Bo was uh, saying Shane Steichen before, like with all these no names that he's working, or or, no, or like the well, I'm doing that based for, off. I'm doing that but, based off Shield uh, telling me that Steichen stinks. But like well, Justin Herbert, you guys were all about <laughs> Justin Herbert this year, and he was the one. Yeah, so if he's responsible, yeah. yeah, I don't know who's responsible. I don't know I mean, either. I'm, yeah, my guess is Justin Herbert is really freaking good, <laughs> okay. and a lot of people are going to make money off of him because that's how yeah. it works in the NFL. Tie yourself to the really good quarterback mm-hmm. or the or the great head coach and you will get paid for a long time. But uh, I would have to look at that uh, look at that a little bit further. But y- yeah, he's not Sirianni is not the the quarterback whisper. Like you said, mm-hmm. that's what's interesting about this. I mean, even in Indianapolis, you know, he he's there with Frank Reich, and also like you know, yeah. I mean, no what one, are they teaching Philip no Rivers? One, no one needed to coach up Philip Rivers' <laughs> right. mechanics. Now Andrew Luck w- was fantastic a couple of years ago. Jacoby Brissett was uh, mediocre. You know, maybe around the the twentieth best quarterback or whatever. I think they were trying to maximize it there. But uh, I do want to find out why he got moved from wide receiver from quarterbacks back to wide receivers because that is interesting to me. And then with the scheme, you know, just sort of. Uh, having having watched the Colts here, hashtag flex, the last few years, you are right. There, There's no, like, they haven't had this identity where yeah. you look at it and say, this is what the Colts have done. You, you know, in 2018, they were really good. Andrew Luck played really well. Uh, they did a lot of, I think they were more pass happy that year. They pushed the ball down the field and everything worked out well. Well, then all of a sudden, 2000, the next year, Andrew Luck retires a week, two weeks before the season, and you got to figure out how to like keep everything afloat with Jacoby Brissett. It was a very boring offense. Brissett was very conservative. He did not push the ball downfield at all. He didn't, you know, he didn't throw a lot into tight windows, and they were just trying to survive there. And then this last year, you know, they start out the season, and I think they were kind of handing the keys back to Philip Rivers and saying, "Let's be aggressive. Let's throw the ball." And it wasn't working great. And then they kind of they, they totally changed in the middle of the season and said we're gonna. If you look at their numbers in like the second half of the season, they are a run heavy offense. I mean, it was Jonathan Taylor in the last month, two months of the season, it, it, and they passed kind of when they needed to. And so, uh, yeah, I wasn't watching them saying, "Wow, they're you know innovative. They're doing things I've never seen. They did some things well. They they did." adapt to their personnel, which is always a good thing. There's the two things I would say is their screen game was fantastic. I don't know who, who I don't, you know, I don't know. So who was the doing. Eagles until this year. Really. <laughs> right. I don't know who was doing that, but their screen. I think Phillip rivers had more uh, yards on screens maybe than any other quarterback in the NFL. So they schemed up some big stuff that way. Yes. Is what they call that. And then they scripted the first 15 very well, which Frank Reich, of course, you know, was doing with or for Doug Peterson here, and that carried over. They they've been in the top five, I think, every year Ooh, in sort of uh, EPA on those first yeah. possessions. Very so important. Yeah. I don't know. You, you know, Frank Reich did in his interviews. He would give Sirianni a lot of credit for his game planning. So maybe he had something to do with that. Those are a couple things that it's really a stretch. You know, those are a couple things that may carry over with Sirianni. But really, I'm interested to hear from him and just yep. ask him. What is your vision 
you know, what are your core principles on offense? What is your vision for being a play caller? And we're all assuming that he, he's going to be the play caller, right? I yeah, mean, we don't know that. Yeah. We don't know that. We don't, we don't know that. So, um, there's, it's, uh, it's weird because there's so little to go by. I feel like in the past when the team I've covered has hired a coach or a play caller, you're just scouring the internet. You're trying to talk to yep. people. You're piecing it together. I mean, that was the most fun part of the Chip Kelly hire was trying to figure out what are they going to do. And with this guy, you know, spending this afternoon, it's uh, it's a lot harder. So, and, and I'll kind of combine my second and third questions here because you both touched on it. The, the, the first one there is Frank Reich. How big of a role do you think that he played in this? And then uh, branching off that, what do you make of the timing? Because they did not interview him until Tuesday. Tuesday. And apparently the request did not come in until Monday night. So and he like, happened to be in Florida, I think, Jeff McLean reported. Oh, okay. Okay. So, so he was able to just drive over. <laughs> so uh, this was someone who, uh, who you know, they had the Josh McDaniels interview once on, on, on Sunday that they interviewed all the guys who were on all the lists, right? Like Shield said, don't hire uh, people who are on, or, or, or don't mm. limit yourself to the people who are on all the lists. So that was your Joe Brady, Arthur Smith, Robert Sala. Um, uh, two of those guys got hired, obviously. Uh, Gerard and, Mayo was the only guy who was not yes, on other lists who they yes. hired in that first cycle. Yeah, e- exactly. And then they have McDaniel's and over Deuce. the weekend. Yeah, and then uh, and then Monday night. So so they they do the McDaniel's interview. Um, we're hearing all this buzz that it could be McDaniel's. And then Tuesday morning, the report comes out that they're interviewing Nick Sirianni. So I'm curious what you guys make of those two things, Reich's influence and the timing of this. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Some people in the chat talking about uh, the John Dorsey connection, which I know was put out there by um, my reporter, but uh, Dorsey and Sirianni did not overlap. Never worked, yeah, never worked with each other. It has nothing so, to do with John Dorsey. Yes. Uh, yeah. Oh. So I think. I mean, it's possible he. You like the guy, but yeah, that's not. Uh, that's not the touch point to go. Now, I, 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 the, the, the one Dorsey thing I, I will say is I believe he requested an interview with Sirianni when he was the GM of the Browns. Um, right. And from my understanding, the Browns are the only other team that has expressed interest in Sirianni as a head coach. And Sirianni turned them down because he was focused on the playoffs, right? Correct, but I, I, I believe I, that's right. I think both years there was a request. Um, oh, okay. I'm not sure if there if if an interview took place. I would have to look okay. that up. Yeah. Um, I like thinking about um, how dirty um, Dennis okay. Allen must feel today. Oh. Like uh, you hear these reports about um, like Nick Sirianni blows the Eagles away with this interview. He comes over, stays another day. They keep talking, and then you cut here. In comes Dennis Allen, like thinking he's got a shot at this job. And they must have all just been so everybody in the room is like so distracted, just daydreaming about what Sirianni can do for them, like not answering, uh, not addressing him, like calling him accidentally, calling him Nick. Like he must have had a very, uh, very awkward interview. Uh, so your questions, how, in, how, how involved was Frank Reich? Well, yes. one who, who yeah. And uh, the timing. Yes. Um, I mean, I know that the like, I'm sure that the Eagles 
talked to Frank Reich about Sirianni. Obviously, they did that. Um, they're going to do that with all the candidates and, and talk to the people who they know who know those guys. So I'm sure that Reich's um, endorsement carried a lot of weight. Um, as for the timing, I mean, I think it tells you what uh, you know what we've what we said on the site and what Shield said before. It tells you that they didn't know who they were going to hire. Like this guy was not part of their initial list. And then as for why they push in now, I think I think now it is getting to the point where you probably do want to lock in some assistant coaches. So I think it, it makes sense that if you think you're going to go for Sirianni, you go for him. I'm I am curious it, one day if we can find out a little bit more about what happened with McDaniel's because you know you know they didn't they didn't cycle back to this second group of candidates until after the McDaniel's interview. So it seems like maybe they were hoping or thinking that that was going to lead to a, to a, a resolution and it didn't end up doing that. So uh, maybe one day we'll find out about that. On the day they fired Doug or the day after, do you think Sirianni was on the list? No. Well, maybe on a longer list. Yeah, yes. Not on the first page. The, I mean, that's he, obvious, right? I mean, how yeah, many like, people yeah. did they interview uh, before him? Mm-hmm. And he only – they coached in what, the first – the first weekend and that yes, was he it, was available right? all right. week last he week. was he was yeah. he was available the whole time yeah. right yeah so there was plenty of time i mean that it, it is telling you know you if that's the guy who you you obviously want to get the guys you really want to get or the ones you're worried about being hired elsewhere the ones you think are uh at the top of your list you would want to interview those people first because you never know what's going to happen they could interview with somebody else they could get scooped up they could prefer another destination so it's absolutely telling how late into the process he came in and you know other than Josh McDaniels who knows it, it certainly seems you got to say at this point if you're Deuce Staley you know, like you had no shot you at get this. Out of here. Yeah. You know, you had no shot at this if they're going out and hiring uh, Nick Sirianni with a relatively similar profile, right? When you look at it, uh, you know, Deuce. If anything, Deuce has spoken in front of the uh, the team. He's got that right. uh, assistant head coach title. You know how he would connect with players. You know more about the unknowns with Deuce Staley. He's he's certainly been on more successful. Staffs, I think you could say, certainly, obviously, the Super Bowl year, uh, then Nick Sirianni. And so, um, you know, I, I would, yeah, I, I would be really, uh, really annoyed at the at the franchise, yeah. at the ownership, at everybody if I were Deuce Daly. Like, why did I waste my time even be interviewing for this job on top of all the other, th- you know, on top of all the other uh things he, he, he might feel like just in the past being passed over for promotions and all those different types of things. The other thing I was thinking about, you know, and I, I don't know, do you, do you guys agree with me that this is this? I don't know if Doug Peterson light, if Doug Peterson with a little more uh, intensity, what the word is, but uh, do you agree that there are similarities with the two? For oh, sure. totally. I mean, okay. it, I think it's like, it's, we, we want a younger Doug who we can push around a little bit more. And, I you think know, maybe he's got a little bit more bite. I think that's right. And quickly uh, to your other point, we talked about it before. I actually think it's a good thing uh, that he wasn't on their list and they're hiring him because it means they were a little bit open minded. They weren't just going into it. That's true. Uh, thinking they knew what the destination was going to be. And it means he did actually do something in the interview process that moved the needle for them. Yeah. That's um, true. So I think that is a good thing. But anyway, go ahead, Zach. Uh, uh, to Shields question, I, I think this is more Andy. I, I think they're... They think they're finding they, Andy. They, they, than, they would love that. I know they are. No, yeah. no, no, but I'm saying like in, in, in terms of the, of the profile, um, 
I think when they hired Doug, they were basically looking for like the anti-chip, right? Like like that was the model. I don't think they view this as a Doug Light. I, I think they view this almost like when they identified Andy. Like like they found the guy that the rest of the league doesn't know. Um, unlike unlike Peterson, they don't have a background with him, right? Like uh, when when you know, and Doug wrote about this in his book that when he sat down for the interview, Doug hadn't prepared for like a head coaching interview before this, and then before, and and then uh, he did a crash course with 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 Bob Lamont preparing him. He put the whole binder together, but then he shows up at the interview, and it's all these people that he that he knows that he's a background with. He he taught Julian Lurie how to throw a football. Like like these are all things that that were there for Doug. There was a comfort level. They knew what they were getting, especially after three years. Of someone who was a who was an outsider to them, who caused disruption in the building, right? So Sirianni's and uh, he's an outsider to them. Like I, I don't know if Jeffrey Lurie had had met him before this week. You know, perhaps they they they, they met on the field in 2018, but who knows? I don't know if Howie knew him or not. Um, but it could be a similar thing uh, to Andy, where Andy came. You know, uh, he came recommended. He came to the interview. And he blew him away with his preparedness, with his staff suggestions, things of that nature. And I, I think they're hoping that Sirianni has the qualities that they saw in Andy that, frankly, the rest of the league uh, yeah, the did only... not. I'm trying to think off the top of uh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, Zach. Uh, I can only think of one current Eagle who would have played on the on a team that Sirianni coached. One current Eagle. Hmm. While you think about uh, that, uh, I think I agree with you in their mind. They might hope that this is the uh, Andy, but, you know, Andy Reid was a quarterback's coach for a, you know, like a top five offense for the previous two years, right? With the Packers. I mean, a team that had won. Yes. Le- yeah. By two years. Yeah. Right. He was a tight so ends he, coach before you that. know, yeah. a, a team that had won over 11 games in back to back seasons, a team that had been uh, to the Super Bowl. And so now, like that profile. It, it's funny how things have changed, right? Now, if you're like the quarterbacks coach for uh, one of the best sure. offenses in the league that's going to the Super Bowl, that's going to be an attractive candidate uh, right away, especially if it's someone like, you know, Brett Favre uh, giving the recommendation or, or, or saying how much you've helped him. And also, mm-hmm. if you're looking at their offense and under Mike Holmgren, you know, that was sort of a tree that you could look at. So uh, I think this one uh, certainly feels um, a little bit different than that because we don't know what his credentials are in terms of like fixing Carson Wentz's mechanics. You know, like, I don't know, is he capable of doing that? Is that his expertise? We'll find yeah, out. We'll ask question. him and uh, we'll learn more about that. But I think certainly at that time you could say, all right, Andy Reid, we get him a young qu-. And it was a different team too. You know, the Eagles were starting from scratch mm-hmm. there. It was drafting a quarterback. Andy Reid's going to mold them. This is different. You have guys who you might still want to work with that you might want to fix and so if he's not capable of doing that, I do think that's another position on his staff that he needs to nail his quarterbacks coach. I mean, that's where I think you just need a like mechanics guru who can just look at Carson Wentz and say, we, here are the habits we need to fix to even give you a chance next year. I, I just think that's so important. Marissa, how intentional was it for you to be wearing Colts colors during this podcast? I saw that comment. <laughs> oh, was it in the comments? <laughs> yeah, somebody commented. Oh, that's funny. Oh, Marissa wore Colts colors on purpose. I wish I was that smart and thought ahead to do that, um, but no. Um, but yeah, we did get somebody that guessed the answer to your question in oh. the chat, Bo. 
That's right. Who? What's the, I? I don't know. I'm stumped here. I mean, mm. I'm trying to think of like a journeyman that they had, and uh, like it's, I, I'm thinking Ty McGill, but that's probably wrong. <laughs> wow. I don't think so. Although that, that might that be. Actually, it. Yeah, could I be think possible. That's one. Okay. <laughs> that could be possible. But you don't. Uh, you don't uh, ridge on a Hassan way. You Hassan. Oh, okay. There you go. Um, yeah, that is correct. That is correct. There was also there a comment go. in the chat that I can't shake that says his last name <laughs> looks like Sriracha, and now that's like all I see. <laughs> Nikki, Nikki yeah, Sriracha. that's gonna be. It's true. Yeah. All right. If they go, Nikki if Siraj. they go like zero and eight, we can break that out. But we'll give the guy a chance. Uh, first of all, some things. A lot of, lot of, a uh, lot of talk about the, um, you know, the Italian accent for Nikki Sirianni. Yeah, people were tweeting uh, all over I mean, you for that. The guy's gonna love a gabagool. You know that. <laughs> I feel I, I can't decide whether to, like, maybe we gotta blow off steam and and do it just all Italian accent for one episode and get no. it out of our system. Oh uh, yeah, I don't or, think we're doing we that. Just... And I know Zach's I, yeah. not doing that. I am that. not doing that. Yes. <laughs> for the coach I, I he actually covers. <laughs> I don't yes, think Zach exactly. would do that to make fun of like a high school coach in Oregon who he had no chance of ever meeting. I know for a fact he's not going to be doing it with a guy who he's going to be asking questions to uh, three times a week during press conferences. I, I can tell you uh, that for sure. So I think it's on you, Bo. Sure. There was a lot of there were a lot of requests for it. I mean, who knows? Maybe you build up your relationship with Sirianni. You let him know you have this character. You know, he he might say that's hilarious. You know, go ahead and do it send me the he might ask for uh, marissa to send the audio clip over after the fact we don't know that's good yeah we could we could talk uh we could talk you know his favorite sandwiches i could give him a sandwich tour of the city there you go so get some combo i'm sure he would appreciate that i would uh, i would do that yeah that's i want to yeah sounds that sounds fun, fun yeah the sandwich, the sandwich uh, sorry fun. zach you're already out you said you didn't want to play up the italian heritage it's <laughs> no no the accent i mean i'm we'll sure go. he's, he's would, proud of his heritage i imagine that would be yeah. a great piece for the athletic both take him on a sandwich tour of the city you yeah. should try to make that happen uh some some more background on uh on Nick Sirianni, one thing uh, I had heard was that in uh, with the Chargers, you know, he was kind of a younger, inexperienced wide receivers coach. But some people were really surprised that like he just went after Keenan Allen basically at practice, mm-hmm. not in like a bad way, but was not you know just sort of um, saying you know what you're doing, I don't need to help you. He was really coaching him hard, and that that kind of was something that that showed people there that. Uh, you know, he, he was somebody who was going to command respect and, um, you know, was not just going to be a, a pushover to some of the veteran players. So I, I do. And Alan took to that. Right? Yeah. No, I, I think he uh, I think Alan did uh, take to that. And so he's got a little bit of an intensity to him. I think he's got a little bit of an edge. I will say the Colts team this year for sure. And really, I would say over the last three years, the culture there seems pretty strong. You know, I, I don't want to make too much about uh, group celebrations and those things, but the things you liked seeing with the 2017 Eagles, you know, on the sideline and group celebrations and the coach is not a jerk who's, you know, making it miserable for people to be in the building. I would say that the Colts, it seemed like from afar that that's how they've operated over the, uh, over the last three years. And so hopefully that would be something that Sirianni embraces because you could really make the case with his previous coaches like a guy like Mike McCoy uh those did not seem like the the greatest places to uh to to be so hopefully that would be something um that he takes with him and yeah I, I think if you take some of those intangibles 
from Frank Reich, which I, I know I've spoken about, which I, I think most people would uh, appreciate. I mean, he seems to be people uh, a coach that players like to play for, aggressive on fourth down, uh, always wants to have his foot on the gas, those types of things. It would be great if those had an influence on, on Sirianni and he was bringing some of those things uh, with him to Philadelphia. And I like the fact that, uh, I, I mean, just as someone who covers the team, you got a 39-year-old who uh, who seems to have a personality, right? Like like seems to have some intensity about him. I I, I like the younger uh, coach. It's, oh, it's, 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 it's no, it's something different here, right? You know, it's it's uh, and and when you're a, a, a younger reporter, it's nice to have someone near your age. Especially uh, now, you, the players, yeah, at least for me, yeah. you know, unless they're bringing Josh McCown back or something, you know, uh, those those are becoming few and far between. So yeah, now you got to move on to the coaches. Yeah, I've I've <laughs> never covered a coach who who wasn't more than like 10, 15, 20 years old. So my the first three coaches that I've I've I covered professionally in in football were Al Groh, Frank Beamer, and Tom Coughlin, all in their sixties, mm. right? Uh, and then Andy Reid here, and then uh, and then Chip, and then Doug Peterson. So uh, it'll be something different having a a, a thirty nine year old. Let me ask you this. I, I'm a oh go ahead, go ahead. Wait, do you have something to say on that? No, I was just going to say I'm a, I'm a little bit worried about the uh, the unsteadiness, you know, of his of his character that he's not a flatline kind of guy like. Oh, I, I, I like someone because everyone it's doesn't get for, too it's high, good for us. Too low. Yeah, well, is he, it's is good he, for us. But is is he? I don't know. Is there something you read or saw or heard that would? Yeah. So he had a quote in a story that I that I read that um, he said working and with Zach has read by now, <laughs> I, as everybody should know, like every word that starting has ever on been Tuesday. Written. There's yeah, not that yeah. much out there. It's like Stephen uh, no, Holder's no, story. Bo, I, I felt so. So uh, Bo and I were on the phone yesterday, <laughs> oh, and, oh, and and um, and I was telling the story about how Sirianni met his wife, and then Bo like didn't say anything, and I'm like. Was like was, uh, oh, Bo hasn't read this. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it, it was like, was that weird that I brought that up? You know, because I was just <laughs> floating like different story ideas out. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, I, I, I did all the, uh, all the, all the background work. All right. But, so how did uh, he anyways, meet his wife? So yeah, uh, in Kansas City at the time. <laughs> Hold on, um, pause. Sirianni this was, is real quick. This is funny because at the beginning of um, <laughs> <laughs> the beginning of the podcast, people in the chat were saying things like, you know, you, <laughs> yeah, you were giving the sixty second intro, intro, and they're like, Zach, where do you go to elementary school? What's his wife's favorite movie? All these questions, but they were all jokes. And now here you are, uh, you know, fifty minutes later, telling us how he met his wife. So go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, so they uh, they lived in the same uh, apartment complex in Kansas City, and uh, uh, Sirianni, um, you know, uh, took a liking to her, I, I guess, and she, and she knew nothing about football. And so, you know, when when he dropped the "I work for the Chiefs," uh, that didn't go anywhere, right? Mm-hmm. And and so he 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 really had to be persistent to win her over. And eventually, that happened, and they moved out to sleep in the office. Um, well, he he does. Uh, he he does the Tuesday to Thursday thing, you know, where he gets in on Tuesday, sleeps oh, on Thursday. I think I'm out. He, I think he, I'm out on Sirianni. I, well, I didn't know uh, there was a story. Uh, there was a story in in the Buffalo That's newspaper uh, when he was talking about that. He says he has a great couch in his office, and then he gave the line that uh, you know I I uh, I haven't shaved in a week. I'm wearing sweats, and they they pay me to teach guys football. It doesn't get better than this, right? Uh, so Ooh, I think I'm out. Really? Oh what? no, it's it's. 
Yeah, I think I'm What's out. What's his family? Does, That's he, it for does me. he have kids? He has kids, right? Or no? He does have yeah. yeah, he does have have, have, have children. Anyways, I, I don't want to get too detailed in him. I, I don't think that I No, if they're I, all I, if I this like is it. all reported stuff again, yeah, no, 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 I saw like yeah. nobody knows who the, nobody anything knows yeah, about yeah. this guy. I would like to meet him first before it's 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 like <laughs> well, it's, back it's been reported. I was on the You weren't going through like a private investigator. These are in like reported things out there about the guy's life. I mean, I'm open to Start on, I'm, I'm hoping to start on a good foot with him. I'll, I'll give a quick anecdote. Listen, if Sirianni's, if Sirianni's so, this deep into the podcast, watch him. He's so, so this issues. is a true story. So when when the Eagles hired Chip in 2013, okay, uh, you know, like I I was at the Fiesta Bowl and and I asked a question at the press conference, and then when he got hired, Flex. no, 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 and then when he got hired, like I I said my name before I asked the question, but I I, I never really had a chance to sit down and like like fully introduce myself and uh i was gonna do and and so my first opportunity to do that was at the combine and before that i went to new hampshire and and i I went to his hometown and uh and i spent the afternoon oh oh, yeah we talked about this uh, on on the show at the puritan back room was was the bar and i got together with all his old hockey uh friends and, and teammates and i drove around town with his high school coach and I thought this would be a great icebreaker for Chip, right? And so I go up at the combine when he was alone one time, and I, I said, I just want to reintroduce myself. I didn't get a chance to, to, to really fully get to talk to you. Um, uh, you know, I'm Zach Berman from the Philadelphia Inquirer, and I, I, I was up in Manchester, actually, and I, I met with so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so, and Chip just got, like, this, like, who the hell are you, you know, and, and why did you talk to my friends? So anyways, so I, I would like to uh, start on good footing with Sirianni before. Uh, I think that's a little different than uh, yeah. I told a story that was already yeah. reported. But. Marissa, yeah, is there anyways, anything to so, share? Yeah. Uh, Marissa, okay. you got to let us know because Marissa, Marissa has lost it. Like if, yeah. In tears. Watch she looks like me when, I, when I've lost, what to, uh, when I've lost it. She's absolutely dying. This is just hysterical. Somebody asked what was his last cavity. <laughs> <laughs> Chris is like, like sli- all these personal stuff. Like- <laughs> Marissa is so sleep deprived. She's this is like her thirteenth podcast she's produced today. She she like, she she's on the Sirianni sleep plan. She hasn't slept in three days. She's just sitting there. I don't. Yeah, I don't think she's laughed this hard uh, during a a podcast. The chat. The, the chat's on fire. Well, good. There's Big a lot of people in the chat. chat. Thank you yeah. to everyone who's joining yes. us. And if you're a usual listener, you can go on YouTube, subscribe. You can watch the episode and like read the chat as you uh, as you go along. Versus on the road. <laughs> many many have said that the chat is a uh, is certainly a great part of this. What was I going to say? Wait, so anyway, so uh, uh, so the so the way we got on that tangent. I apologize for the tangent. Was he was talking in the, in the story one time or, or uh, about how Frank's been really good for him because Frank is so even keeled, and uh, and he said he he's he gets high and gets low and that's mm. something that he's learned from Frank. But uh, it's it's nice to hear because you always hear you know it's the way Jalen Hurts was described this year, the way Carson Wentz was was described. You know uh, these players, these coaches are are always described as well. I don't get too high, I don't get too low. 
Sometimes showing emotion is a good thing, right? So uh, Sirianni might be. I would disagree guy. with that, but the, the, I would say the Capadia's okay. overall. Uh, well, I guess it was more growing up. Uh, nowadays, uh, there's a lot of emotions <laughs> in this house. I'll tell you that much. But um, yeah, yeah, I think uh, you know. At, at least I like authenticity. You know, if that's how he is, then that's how he is. Uh, you don't have to pretend you're somebody else. The meeting the wife thing, like, I mean, I, I'm like stunned every time I hear a story like that. Like, I would never even think if there was a woman in the same apartment complex with me, like the conversation would not really? go any further than, hi, how, yes. how are you, basically? Yeah, I would feel so worried about, like, coming, just, like, being a creepy guy. Yeah, that's like, too high risk. I mean, that's very high risk. If she's not interested, now all of a sudden she's got to worry about this creepo living, uh, yeah. living three floors down who once asked her out, and now she wants nothing to do with him. So uh, I don't know if that takes confidence. Also, the persistent thing. I've never understood that, you know? Mm. Really? Yeah. I mean, uh, No I, means I, no. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, well. Yeah, I'm persistent. <laughs> well, yeah, no means no. I get that, but you can be persistent. You know, my oh yeah, you my were you were persistent. Yeah, yeah, my wife wasn't. You got a great story. Yeah, yeah, not for the podcast though. So, <laughs> well, yes, not tonight. Oh, for maybe on. not tonight so, for the yeah. podcast. So uh, one of the first comments that got me was he showed her the X's and O's. So <laughs> 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 then yeah. it just all went down. <laughs> This, so so he so he sleeps and when was he sleeping in his office or is this current that he said he, uh, this was while he was the cold so, uh, this was while he was with the cold oh really and it was oh, like man. uh Jeez. it was one of those yeah, things like where this. yeah it was like a Tuesday to Thursday I think he he shows up Tuesday gets home so he's Thursday. already overwhelmed with the amount of work he has as the offensive coordinator calling, of an offensive head plays. coach. Not calling plays. How overwhelmed no, is this guy going to be by being a head play. coach? He's game block. Ah, come on, I, he's working hard. I, I never, I never disrespect a work ethic, right? Well, um, I, I just don't no, understand diminishing it. I mean, returns. Can, I feel like you should be able to find a home close to the practice work facility. Smart. You know, not work hard. And uh, right. I agree with the Bruce Arians. Uh, thing you know if you can't get it done in like these hours in the it's not that hard yeah. you know you should be able to get it done but uh we'll see you know it's not uncommon in the nfl all right well i sure. i hope i i didn't uh, mix this up with a different coach though because yeah, you know, there's been a lot of coach oh research oh the past two weeks. I'm just, I'm just looking at this. Marissa, edit this. That was Josh McDaniels. <laughs> no. um, yeah, I'm looking this up now. But, uh, oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, All right. I, I was right. There's a video on the Patriots website where Josh McDaniels yes. is like meeting his family for the first time on video. Yeah. No, this is, uh, this is, yes, I got this right. Okay. Uh, okay. Good. He, I, okay, ha I have heard the word grinder. I, it seems like every, every mm. uh, description of him says he is a, a grinder type head coach, which I guess means uh, sleeps in the office and uh, puts the hours. Yeah, in here, here you go. Here you go. Uh, um, as an example, and, and this was from 2018, this, this story, it's from the Post Journal. As an example, he left his home in suburban Indianapolis, which he shares with his, with his wife and two young children for the Colts' practice facility 30 minutes away early Tuesday morning. He did not return until Thursday night. Quote, I've got a, a nice couch in my office. End quote. He said with a laugh. Mm. And then also, you think he brings that couch with him to Philly? <laughs> you think he's that he's that fond Probably of the part couch? Part of the contract is to get it. <laughs> and then he says he he's, he said he has an, an advanced degree in the nuances of football. Uh, quote: I'm wearing sweatpants and a sweatshirt right now. I haven't shaved in a week and I haven't combed my hair in a week. And they pay me to watch tape and help guys become better football mm. players. Part of that sounds Wait a like second. me. Did he the say? 
<laughs> did he say he has an advanced degree in the nuances of football, or did the writer say that? Uh, that no, uh, that was in, in quotes. Um, the, I'm out. The advanced degree, and uh, he give was, me a break. He was talking about Mount Union. Give me a break with that. He, so that it's from the previous. He, he said. Uh, he said one of the reasons I'm in the, the position I'm in now is because of the successful coaches I've been around, starting with growing up in a coach's house, learning how to coach with my brothers, and then obviously playing for the most successful coach in NCAA football history. And Larry, uh, 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 K-E-H-R-E-S. How would you pronounce that? Keres? I, I should know that. He's what a, is he's it? What was coach. it? K-E- K-E-H-R-E-S. Mount Union. K-E-H? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh. Uh, Brian Flynn would know this, yes. Keres. Yeah. Uh, and then he said, gosh, I went to school to study education when I went to Mount Union, but I was really getting my PhD in football coaching. Well. Hi, Holly and Jeff. Nice to meet you. I have an advanced degree in the football and oh the nuances God. of football. Will you hire oh me, please? Boy. All right. First question, Bo Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> to our to our new head coach. What is that? Nick Sirianni. Uh, Nick, you once said Give me a break. How about a little you had an humility. advanced degree. Uh, why did you say that? Now, that is such a that is such a, you know, a bombastic nonsense. You know, one th- where was that article, Zach? Because I I would like to read that one. Can you send it to me? Um, yeah, uh, Science Quarterly. No, it was the uh, it was the Post Journal, uh, which uh, he was Is returning that- to play the Bills. He's from okay. Buffalo, or he's yeah, he's from he, Western he's actually New York. he's from he, he's from Western New York. He grew up a Steelers fan, mm. and uh, Western New York. He grew up like two hours from Pittsburgh, <laughs> uh, in Jamestown. Okay. But his parents, his his parents grew up in. I believe Kane, Pennsylvania, which is Western PA. Okay, I like the comment from um, uh, Rohit who said uh, he he said sweatpants, not joggers. So I'm out. Yeah, I and uh, that's fair. Uh, and Tracer Bullet also wants to know if Zach can tell us what kind of soap he uses. Mm. <laughs> I, I cannot. No. What's more efficient, the bar or the or the the liquid? I mean, certainly not a loofah. I mean, oh, he sounds like a guy who's doing like uh, you know, like the dry soap, so he doesn't even have to spend the time in the that? shower. Dry soap. There's that that, that exists. Well, is that the shower pill? What's the shower pill? No, that's different. What is that? The shower pill is something different. Can you write a story about that? This is one thing I've heard every player talking about the shower pill, and I literally have no idea what I they're talking. What I is think it, it's Marissa? Like just like cologne, just spraying cologne on yourself. Oh, uh, 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 okay. I'm pretty sure uh, the Maryland football team used to use that in class a lot of times. Mm-hmm. So, so it's not. Oh, see, I thought it was like. So, so it's not like some type of product that you're you're no, using. It's I think just it's a like joke, a, like oh, the shower thing, pill. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Who has cologne? Like you, like you stop sweating and then just spray yourself <laughs> with some cologne and uh, right. smell okay, and you're good. Oh, interesting. Pretty sure, but correct me if I'm oh, wrong. The shower. Well, that's like the opposite of NFL players I'm, I encounter who shower like eight times a day, right? You know, you've to told say, yeah, you I, told me once you shower three times a day. I remember years ago. Well, during training me. camp, yeah, yeah, during training camp, during training. Uh, camp. Oh, I don't know. I well, you're not on time. the field. <laughs> you're not doing two a days. What's that? I mean, why are you doing? Why? Why three? I why made not Zach two? explain this whole thing to me. I was, I was so I had no idea what he was talking about when he first when he said it. Uh, morning after practice and then before sleep. Yeah. Wow. I mean, you're you're gross at the end of practice, right? You gotta if you're not yeah, working. I yeah, I, I I would come home to write sometimes and, and and take a shower. If you're out there for one of those three hour practices. That's very you're not inefficient. Stay in the media room. See, you you're should not stay have... in the media room. Why not just? Yeah, but why not just? By the time you get home, you're not sweating anymore. 
Like finish your work and exactly. then shower, and that's, then you're done for like the day. That's like the shower pill. Then you just spray yourself with cologne. Well, and well, like okay. typically, you know, I'm if, not condoning if, that. <laughs> if it was an early morning practice and you're you're finished your your work by seven o'clock, eight o'clock, you go for a walk. Yeah, you you come home, you shower before you go to sleep. You got some exercise. Yeah, because I think you, you must were, have some. He was getting some exercise. By the time you get to the third shower, you're getting like you're getting a wet towel that you've got. True. Yeah, How you don't want to you get in bed with all that dirt. How often you change your towel? Marissa, how, how often, often should I, I be hope? changing my towel? I change my towel every shower. Every shower? I, every yeah. shower? Yeah. Holy cow, how many towels what? do you own? I do. We do load a load of towels like literally every single day. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I'm sh- you know what though? That's like outrageous. That sounds yeah. kind of nice. That sounds kind of nice. I, I would like that. I don't have children. Okay. Yeah. Like you guys have to do laundry. No, you'll or, be able you know. to do that when you if you, when and if you have children because with children well, you're, you're always doing, so doing laundry. Loads. So you just chuck yeah. that bad <laughs> boy no, in like, there. I, I learned from my mother. I'm like a freak in that like oh. as soon as laundry hits the basket, I feel like it needs to be washed. Oh, interesting. So I do laundry like two or three times a day. Every day. Wow. I might try that. I just want to might just be changing my towel for the listeners. I don't take three showers on like a a day on a regular basis. Okay. This is it's it's like uh it's yeah. I usually it's 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 morning and night. That's it. So anyways. There you go. I so I had this thought, and I don't know if there's much if there's much else to get to here, but I had this thought. What would have been a better solution for the Eagles? Would it have been this Nick Sirianni hire? Or would it have been uh, – I think we can agree that when they initially had that first meeting with Doug Peterson that there was a solid chance that Doug Peterson was coming back as the head coach. Do you agree or disagree with that? Had to be. Otherwise, they wouldn't have waited a week. Zach, do you agree with that? that I mean, at, at they, a minimum, they, they put- when, when Doug Peterson walked into that first meeting after the season, mm-hmm. that let's, you know, let's be conservative and say there was at least yeah. a 50% chance he was coming back as the head coach. Yes, I would agree with that. Probably higher than that. Yes. So would it have been better to do what they did and now go with Nick Sirianni or would it have been better to come up with some type of solution to improving Doug Peterson's coaching staff where both sides that appeased both sides? Would that have been a possibility? You know, Doug, we're not going to shove people your way because last year it didn't work out. At the same time, you saw the results with the coaching staff this year. You got to do better than just promote the guys on staff. We can help you. You interview them. We want to go through this together. We want you back. Would that have been a better solution than what they have now? Was that a possible solution or is that unrealistic? I don't know if it would have worked with Carson. And I, I, I really think they want to keep Carson. Okay, so. but then but then it couldn't have been at 50% when he walked into the meeting. Why? Well, I, I don't know if if they thought that... Doug it, was going to say... It couldn't have worked. Yeah, okay, yeah maybe right. Doug wanted Hurts. Okay. And, and there have been reports. I, I think uh, Troy Aikman said that, right? I, I, I didn't hear it directly, and so... I, I, yeah, I but then he said it wasn't yeah, what he said. It got okay. real so, ugly there. I don't know what's yeah. going on. Okay. All right. So, I don't know if I got that Okay, ugly. so it, you think maybe it had more to do, or maybe if Doug mm-hmm. went into that first meeting and said, I know it hasn't worked out with Carson. Let's, uh, you know, let's go back to the drawing board. We can make this work. I'm going to make amends with him, and we're going to do this in 2021. That might have been sort of the – key or the most important answer do you think that would have been more important than uh you know what he said about his coaching staff i, th- I think it all tied together okay i think it was all about the offense okay. yeah i just think everything was about the yeah. offense in carson and and that's one and the same okay 
Bo? Do you think, Zach, that this means that, like, whether it's uh, whenever we hear from Nick Sirianni or it's in the spring, that they're going to declare Carson Wentz as the starting quarterback, as the franchise quarterback, or do you think we will have it's a great question uh, a competition? I think it's it's. I don't think there'll be a competition, but I don't know if, if they'll come out and declare it. But I, I don't think there will be an open competition. I, I I think it might just be like an organic like like you show up, Carson's taking the, the the number one reps, and it's not like an announced thing. Or maybe he comes out and he says like I took this job because I think Carson Wentz is a great quarterback. Right? It could be said. It, it could be that. I don't know. It's a good, very good question, but I think Carson's going to be the starter, and it, I don't think it's going to be a competition this August. This is near the top of the list of most interesting things from that first yeah. press conference. I mean, you're coming into a challenge right away. You know, the options are to say uh, Carson Wentz has been a great quarterback in this league. Like you said, one of the reasons I took this job was to work with Carson Wentz. Uh, you know, some things didn't go his way last year. They weren't all his fault. We're going to put him in position to succeed and move forward. Now, you could do that. Uh, there are, uh, as we've discussed before, there may be people on the team who roll their eyes at, the, at that. Jalen Hurts might be one of those people. I would guess that the other possibility, and I, I would guess this is probably what he'll do, is that we've got two great quarter? We've got two capable quarterbacks here. Uh, Carson Wentz has been great in this league. Jalen Hurts showed what he could do. We're not in the in the process of having to play next Sunday. I'm not going to go over any depth chart notes right now. I'm looking forward to working with both these guys. But then that does, you know, at least open. And then I guess the third option would be we're going to compete. Both those guys are going to be competition out Competition is the name and, of the game. I believe you yeah, got to compete I mean, at every level if, of the organization. Yeah, and if that's the culture you want to uh, set, which you know, people, cause a lot of coaches think this way, then nothing's going to be handed out. I'm looking forward to working bo- with both of them, but they both got to earn it on the field, and it's going to be earned on the practice field. We're going to take practice seriously. We're going to take the preseason seriously, and we'll figure out how it goes. But we've got two great options, and uh, we'll see which one uh, earns the job before we have to play a football game in week one. Now, that would be a really interesting way to open his tenure, given yeah. every, given the Jeff McLean so. article about Carson mm-hmm. Wentz, given what we know about Carson Wentz, given how the organization may view Carson Wentz, given how they've made some of these decisions based around Wentz, uh, that would be a very interesting way to go. So I would say of those three, the second one I laid out, I believe is probably, you know, just giving kind of a non-answer is probably the most likely one, but I don't think it's a given. I don't think it's a hundred percent that that's what he answers. No, I, I think we've talked about, you know, how I think you could potentially divide the locker room by just declaring Wentz the starter. Um, I think you have to guard against the perception that uh, things are being handed to Carson Wentz and he is being coddled because it's been reported that that is the case, that he, like, at every level of the organization, he has been sort of coddled for the past several years. So I think, you know, if you're, if you're selling me that Sirianni is Doug, but he's a bit of a butt kicker, then I think you need to see a little bit of, not, not like, you know, necessarily uh, Carson hasn't proven anything in my eyes. We're going to compete on the practice field, but uh, you know, I like both of these guys, and we're gonna see we're gonna see who wins the job. Yeah, uh, I I can understand that being an argument. I don't know. I I think that they would make Carson the starter. I don't think there's gonna be a competition because mm-hmm. I don't think I I don't think they want Carson to lose the competition. <laughs> I think it's that simple. Um, and I think if they come out and say that Carson's the starter, like if Sirianni says that, then 
I think that would confirm that that's why he was hired. Yeah, that's interesting. Not, no, I'm, I'm not because he would say that, but because they think he is someone who can fix Carson. I'm 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 I'm, I'm curious a to a, to a follow up uh, to Shields' question. If um, so if that Tuesday meeting, if they just fired Doug, then right? If they didn't have the whole week of the back and forth, they just fired Doug. Then is Sirianni the coach now? Or is Arthur Smith the coach? I mean, there there was word that they really liked Arthur question. Smith. You know, are are they in earlier on Brandon Staley? Are they in earlier on Robert Sala? Yeah, like is is Sirianni the coach, or or did the week that they spend uh, did that hurt them? Because it, you know, I mean, three candidates were now. I, I know Sala and Smith met with them, but I think they were pretty far along with both yes. jobs at the time. I would say he's I. I would say he's not. Yeah, I would agree yeah. with that. I mean, if they had this plan all along, because mm-hmm. again, it wasn't even waiting to that week. I mean, maybe it would have just been Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman who knew this, but they would have known previously and they would have been ready to go. And they probably would have just met Doug. Not They wouldn't have waited till Tuesday, right? There, then you, if you know what you're going to do, just meet with him after the game. And then he's not doing a press conference. <laughs> I mean, still unbelievable. Some of their sequencing yeah. and like what they're planning. Uh, you're not doing a press conference with Howie Roseman and Doug Peterson on Monday after the season. And you're ready to interview candidates right there. I mean, Robert Sala was not in the playoffs. You could have had, you know, he could have been in Philadelphia then and there. And so uh, I would say no, that Nick Sirianni would not be the head coach. And it, that's a great point because it's like, why were you not on the same page? Yep. Uh, why were these conversations not being had? Why were you so surprised by what the head coach who you meet with, uh, you know, you tell us you have all these conversations with him every week throughout the season. Why were you so surprised? The guy's been there for five years. Why were you so surprised by what his plan was and mm-hmm. what his thoughts were that it, it surprised you so much and annoyed you so much that you decided to fire him and then move on. And now look who you've got. Now, again, it's an imperfect process. So Sirianni could be better than all those guys. I'm not saying he's not going to be. Uh, However, it would have opened up uh, different options for you. And, you know, as you went through the process, you could have gotten a guy who maybe you wanted more. So it's a, uh, it's a great question and uh, I'm glad you brought it up. All right. Okay. Any thoughts on Dan Campbell, Shield? Well, I mean, Dan Campbell really relates to the conversation we were saying about black coaches not getting an opportunity. I don't know who uh, tweeted it, but they were like, I don't want to hear about, uh, you know, a black coach not interviewing well after watching this. Now, again, maybe Dan Campbell will surprise. Or not calling plays. I would, I would, I feel pretty strongly that, uh, that's not going to be a great tenure for them. I mean, that's a six-year deal. He gave him a six-year six deal. Yeah, he gets a six-year deal, and you look at some of the guys who who are not able to get a shot. Uh, that really should tell you everything you need to know. I mean, it, it, it's decision makers hiring people they are comfortable with. They brought in Chris Spielman, and then they hired the coaching version of basically Chris Spielman to a six-year deal. Uh, so. Uh, I'm glad he's in our lives as media members and consumers because I think it's going to be entertaining. I mean, really, you're giving that speech the day you're hired. How about after an 0-3 start, you're trying to ratchet it up and get guys motivated with a speech like that, and they're rolling their eyes. If you're a Lions player and you just got finished having to play for Matt Patricia and now you see that, 
Are you excited or are you going, oh my gosh, calling your agent and saying, get me out of here? I mean, maybe some guys would be pumped up for that. I don't think we were talking about saying even keel. That is not an approach that is going to be good for six years. I can tell you that much. If he's still the, if he, if he coaches the six years of that contract, uh, I don't know where I will be in my life when that's over, but uh, I am open to suggestions. Uh, Hopefully it's the athletic. In the chat, yeah. I mean, I, who knows? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what going to do is he has to do his uh, re reevaluation, his every ten years re evaluation. That, that happens. That happens much more often than every ten years. That's a <laughs> nightly. What am I doing with my life type uh, type situation? But yeah, how about this? Give me the you know leave on iTunes what she, uh, or Apple Podcast as a review. What Sheil has to do if Dan Campbell is still the head coach of the Detroit Lions through that six year contract, and uh, we'll throw some of them out there during the next podcast and i will uh i will maybe we'll let the chatters vote or something i will definitely commit to something i'll uh, i'll 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 join you in whatever it is because <laughs> i am uh, equally skeptical that that dan campbell is gonna last uh you know more than three years three. probably but we'll oh, see i'll take the under okay uh zach any other uh, any other big thoughts on Nico Siragusa on, on Nick Sirianni. No, I mean I I hope that you know I I I, th- I think we all gave honest opinions on this, but I I think we would all say this this could work out, right? Like this could turn out to be the best sure. hire of the cycle. Um, you know uh, he'll 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 get a fair shake here. He'll he if if he picks Carson or if he goes with Jalen Hurts, I, I I'm assuming it's 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 Carson, but he has a quarterback who he could in, in theory develop. Um, or, or put a system around. So I, I don't want to seem like like we are making sweeping evaluations on on the hire. But again, I'm 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 looking forward to getting a chance to talk to him and see his staff and and, and really hear his vision. Yeah, there's no way to know yep. how things are going to work out with him. We're 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 talking about the process and and uh, things that led to it. I'm very curious to see uh, what he's going to do to fill out his staff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is he going to bring in an, an old head, as they say, um, or they're going to be a bunch of young guys? And who is he going to keep around? So, uh, I think that will be that will be that will obviously be a critical piece of uh, of what. So I, I his success will look like moving forward. I have a question for both of you, and I, I feel bad not including Marissa. You can surely chime in as well. <laughs> okay, okay? I'm just all, trying to hold okay. it together. Okay. Um, so uh, still. So I'm I'm I'm. I'm, I'm I'm Nick Sirianni. I I I just got hired. Uh, Hello, Nick. I, I just got <laughs> I just got hired as head coach of the Eagles, and uh, I'm out to eat. And I see you guys at that at, at the restaurant. You come over and you introduce yourself. Um, what are you talking about? Well, I'm not going over to anybody in the oh, restaurant. Oh, no, right no. Now. All right, all right. We're talking not, about this. Yeah, is, not, uh, no, I mean, this I'm, not I'm not a Nick real Sirianni. thing. Yes, yes. I'm not, <laughs> I am not actually Nick Sirianni. Okay, but all right. So, <laughs> Jeez. Sorry. And you guys come over and you say hello, and uh, and I say, so my press conference is, is is tomorrow. What advice do you guys have for me? Like, like, what mm. should I say? What should I? What should my message be to Philly? What's what's your answer? Uh, say that you watched b- before every Colts game, you watched a Brian Dawkins YouTube video <laughs> <laughs> on your phone to get fired up. Um, no, I mean, honestly, I think this is an area where uh, I think this might be, have been something that appealed to them about him. I mean, he seems like he's probably fine just going up there and being himself. You know, I don't know that he has like a 
We'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm curious to learn more about him and hear him speak, but he seems like he's able to handle himself in that setting. He's not going to say anything crazy. You probably don't need to coach him up too much. Uh, he's going to have a lot of football guy talk and football guy jargon in there. So uh, I don't know. I, I don't think I would have any great advice. I, I would probably just say, you know, be authentic and be yourself and then maybe make that Brian Dawkins joke. But I, I don't think he need, there's anything specifically that, um, you know, he would need to do. I don't know. I feel like you would be the right person to ask for this. No, I mean. You got to say, listen, I spent a lot of time talking to Frank Reich about how important football is to this city. And he really impressed <laughs> upon me just how much football matters here. And I can't wait to do what he was able to do and give this city the Lombardi trophy it deserves. We're going to be tough, just like the people in this city. And with that said, I'm going to introduce to you my offensive coordinator, Brian Flynn. Hmm, that'd be good. Right, good yeah, that, 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 cool. that, yeah, that I, is what he, that's what I would tell him. Yeah, I'll steal yours. <laughs> I would I would really just like, you know, it's so important. It's so important to be yourself. Like I, I think someone who comes off fake can be uh, can be sniffed out quickly. And, and so uh, especially for like a 39 year old first time coach. Like, don't come off like you invented football, right? You know, come off like a... Like you have an advanced degree in <laughs> no, the nuances I, I, of football? Yeah, I, mean, I mean, come off like a guy who, uh, who you know, just got hired to be head coach of the Eagles, and this is a great opportunity, but, but like, you're, you're, you're not going to stop being, you know, the guy at Mount Union who, who, was, uh, who, was, who was trying to, you know, you know, plug away and win. Like, you're that same guy. You, you didn't, you know, invent football. That's, that's what I would say. Well, yeah, I, 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 I would think he wouldn't be in the sort of as arrogant as like a Josh McDaniels. You know, like you said, he th- yeah, this isn't somebody who was interviewing for you know a lot of head coaching jobs. He hasn't done it before. He probably sees this as a, a great opportunity and feels the need to uh, to maximize it. So we'll see what he turns up. You know, it's a young offensive coach. Uh, I like that he coached with Frank Reich before. That's a plus. He seems to be a really hard worker, as we discussed. That's a plus. I, I like that. Uh, one thing I like is he's had different, um, you know, he's done quality control for two different organizations, right? He's coached wide receivers. He's coached quarterbacks. I, I always like that type of background where you know yeah. sort of what's being asked by these different people on your staff. So uh, Different schemes he's been in. Yeah. So uh, Not great schemes, <laughs> right. but different schemes. Yeah, I, I really uh, am curious and um, looking forward to hearing – I hope he's not really guarded in sort of his explanation of what he believes in offensively uh, and what he believes a winning scheme would be, because I do want to hear honestly what he thinks about that. And then as Bo said, very, very, very curious about what he does with his coaching staff, which we might have, I guess, some answers to that. Who knows by the time people listen to this. All right. And Marissa, your suggestions? Um, I think we could just show him the Dan Campbell video from today and say, just don't do this. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> I think that's good. There yeah. might be a faction of fans Stop who love it. that, though, right? Like I'm sure there are. Yeah. I would also say the uh, name of the reporter when you ask the question, because that always uh, uh, that that mm. like wins over the uh, reporters when you're like, you know, Mike, well, because it's going to be Zoom too, so it's going to be. Oh, like, you see right, the name well, on there? you guys yeah. go, like introduce yourself, yeah. like tell me what your names are. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's always uh, you always like hear... when Brandon Graham shook everybody's hand <laughs> yes. at, at, after it's the press so conference. It's so easy. It's so freaking easy. Exactly. If you are a, if you, I don't know if any agents listen to this, mm-hmm. probably not. If you are an agent who listens to this show. 
tell your clients to call the reporters by their names. <laughs> it's literally all they need it's, to do. Yes. I mean, you know, say sure. You I got, got the meeting out of your hands. You yeah. got to meet yeah. out of your hands. And if you're, uh, I don't know if any uh, Eagles PR or anybody, you know, other PR listen to this, but I mean, you feed the media, you call them by their names really you've won like probably 75% of the PR battle. So uh, yeah, yep. I would agree. Oh, you th- you think Frank, when we, when we're back at uh, Novacare, you think Frank will have him order a little, uh, what, what did he order the one time? Oh yeah. Uh, the cannolis. cannolis. Yeah. yeah. From, yeah, from Termi. Termi. yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe Frank will give him yeah. that as a little piece of advice for his, uh, once exactly. reporters. Calling them by their are, names and, fr- and, and food in the, in the media house. Those I mean, two, he uh, can go O and eight tricks. and, uh, yeah. everyone will be writing why you need to give exactly. Nick Sirianni. You gotta be patient. Yeah, you gotta exactly. be, he's a program. Builder. <laughs> this was always a rebuild. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Um, I think that was uh, it was, was, it was good, good timing up. for the pod by the way we had thursday mm. planned all along they yeah in the coaching mm. thursday maybe there'll be a monday press conference and and it'll be right on our schedule that'd be perfect there you go uh if you quickly if you guys will indulge me uh this what? is this Why is not a bit no this is it up? What are you talking i know about? i know this is not a bit this is not a bit um i just are you uh, quitting right we, now we've got a nice no oh. but we've got a nice this is a little uh personal oh. we've got a nice family atmosphere here um, with our birds with friends. Marissa looks. I'm very just suspicious. Absolutely <laughs> petrified. No, I. Uh, uh, my grandfather uh, passed away last oh, weekend. Oh, he was I'm 98. Sorry, sorry. I didn't so know. I want to raise yeah. a uh, raise a whiskey yeah. sour oh, that's nice. uh, in honor of water. Of Bob yeah. Bachman, uh, oh, 98 oh. years old, oh. uh, born in December 22. Which means he made it a hundred years wow. on the calendar, which is pretty impressive. Oh, wow. he, was, uh, he was himself till the end. Zach will appreciate that he was working till he was like ninety-five or ninety-six as a steel that. salesman. Love that. Uh, so yeah. uh, Zach will appreciate that. Shia will appreciate great, uh, great tennis player, uh, golf, and a nationally ranked badminton player. Oh, in Indians his, uh, love a badminton. Yeah, very good. Um, so there you go. And the listeners will appreciate his nickname, which I didn't even think about until uh, tonight. The Dewbird. So you got a bird. The Dewbird. The Perfect Dewbird. for the pod. So, and I do appreciate the har- I do appreciate the, the hard work also, by the way. <laughs> Not just Zach. That's debatable. Right. I, I think I think I'm, I'm really pretty sorry. sure you yeah. would say that if you are still working at uh, 95, you. I disagree. Yeah, well, this isn't about mm. me, but we'll get to that yeah. on the next. No, episode. no, get out. Let me no, I mean, whenever you know, we get how should you put this in your retire- retirement fund? All those questions you have to have as an adult. I'm like, I'm not going to stop working ever. Well, I have the cushy. I watch football and I talk and write about football. What I needed like a break from that. You just gave a Siriani answer. Yeah, like I got. Oh, what, a, what are we talking about? I'm in my Someone's sweatpants. Someone's paying me for that. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, I can do it on my own schedule. Please, I don't need need a break from that. So anyway, I am. I I'm, I'm really Bob. sorry for you and your family, uh, and yeah. I feel bad that I was texting you all weekend too. Like I, I, I wish you had. Well, I was going to say I wish you had well, said something. It's okay. to your discretion, obviously, but uh, yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm very sorry. Well, you know, it's family. like it's the difficulty of uh, of anybody who has a loss during these times. Like you don't get, yeah. um, you know, you don't get to all get together sure. and and have a have a have a service. Yeah. So um, it's sort of like in a uh, a hanging, like just uh, you know, grief perpetually. Sure. So I don't know. Anyway, on that note, Dewbird. Do, do uh, do thank you guys for in- indulging me. Yeah, Dewbird. Do yeah, like D O O. Love it. Bird. Do bird. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, all right, that'll do it. 
for this episode of Birds with Friends. For Marissa, Zach, and Sheil, welcome to Philadelphia, Nico Siragusa. And as always, we love you.